Welcome to Marginalia's Daily Readings and Prayers Podcast. This podcast is designed to come alongside you in your daily Bible reading and prayer, and to help you stay connected with the life and teaching of New City while we are unable to get together in person. You'll want to follow along each day by reading before listening if possible. You can always find our readings and short prayer at www.newcitycincy.org forward slash social. Today is Monday, and oh boy, it's May 4th. Happy Star Wars Day to all of you who care, and to Pastor Mike. My name is Ryan Zhang, one of the pastors in New City. We have some heavyweight passages to read today. A very famous psalm, Psalm 23. Exodus 32, 1-20, the story about the golden calf. Colossians 3, 18-4-18. And Matthew 5, 1-10, the Beatitudes. There are many famous passages in the Bible. We just read through some of them today. There's the Great Commission that we just started yesterday in our sermon. There's the teaching of Jesus where he tells us to turn the other cheek. There's the passage where Jesus declares himself the way, the truth, and the life. But if you ask me what is my favorite passage in the Bible, I would say, that's another stupid question. Don't ever ask me that. But... I will also tell you that the Beatitudes in Matthew 5 has got to be at the top of my list. I will explain why by telling you a story, a tennis story. So even though if you're not a tennis fan, I hope you will indulge me. Many of you know, I'm a huge fan of Roger Federer. But before Roger Federer, I was an even bigger fan of the American player Andy Roddick. Roddick is certainly a much less accomplished player. He only won one Grand Slam title in his career, and by the end of 2000s, he was going through a slump. Then surprisingly, in the 2009 Wimbledon, Andy had a surprising resurgence. He beat out many favorites on the way to the final, and on the other side of the net in the final was Roger Federer, who by then was already considered the greatest player of all time. So Roddick was a huge underdog, And if Federer wins, he will surpass Pete Sampras with 17 Grand Slam titles, the most of all time. No one expected Roddick to have a chance. And I had been a believer in the Christian faith for many years at that point. But for a long time, I felt like I was more like a practitioner of the Christian religion than an actual true believer. I did all the right things. I read the Bible, I went to church, I prayed, and all that. But I was still just beginning to grasp the meaning of grace earlier that year. And by the time the 2009 Wimbledon final came along on July 5th, I just graduated college two months before. I got my first job in Washington, D.C., moved into my new apartment just two days before. My life was in transition. A lot of new things are happening. But I was happy to see my boy Roddick doing so well, even though I was also skeptical that he could win. And surprisingly, Andy won the first set, and he came very, very close to winning the second set. Before Federer, in his typical greatness, roared back and won the second and the third set. And just as people thought the match would soon be over, Roddick won the fourth set and tied up the game. The final went to the deciding fifth set, and that was before there was a fifth set tiebreak in Wimbledon. So the players kept playing until someone wins by two games. And usually a set in tennis is best out of seven. But on and on, it went. 5-5, five, 7-7, five, seven, seven, 
ten ten, thirteen thirteen, fourteen fourteen. You know, a couple of times Roddick was on the verge of pulling off the impossible. You know, even a pro federal crowd started to cheer for him to pull off the big upset. But it was not to be. The greatest player of all time won the deciding set at sixteen fourteen, and as accolades and glory rained down on Federer, and he was officially crowned the greatest of all time with the most Grand Slam titles, I saw Roddick looking dejected and hopeless in the back. It was heartbreaking. No, one commentator said Roddick knocked on that door so hard. That his knuckles started to bleed, but he still could not overcome the last hurdle. And I looked at Roddick's dejected face that morning, and I saw myself. And I wanted to get all the glory and accolades like Roger Federer, but instead I'm no better than Andy Roddick. And I could work hard, I could fight, I could push myself, but I still feel so powerless and hopeless in the world. Doesn't matter how hard I try, I'm still often left feeling dejected and humbled. Now, who could offer any comfort to Andy on that day when he's tried so hard and he came so close to winning? And who could offer some comfort to people like me? We can try our best, but life has its way to beat us down, doesn't it? And against the power of sin and the darkness of the world, we have no chance. For some reason, this verse came to my mind that afternoon. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Now, people may say that Federer has got it all. He's got the talent. He's got champions. He's got the glory. He's got everything. But no, the God looks. A dejected people like Andy Roddick, like me, like all of us, who feel so hopeless in the world, and he calls us blessed. We are the truly blessed ones, because in our dejection, in our hopelessness, in our mourning, Jesus meets us and lifts us up. He came to save the powerless and people who have no power against sin. Our heartbreaks make us cry out to God. And Jesus was there to answer us, and He calls us blessed. And that evening, I went to church. My church met in the evening back then, and I was still mulling over the game and that verse. And to my great surprise, the sermon that evening was on the Beatitudes. And the pastor said something I would never forget. He said, "Happiness is not something we can seek on our own. It's a byproduct of other pursuits. It comes to us from the outside." Now, probably not many of you saw that Wimbledon final in 2009, and I may be the only Andy Roddick fan in the whole church, but I'm sure you all have seen or experienced some things that reminded you of your despair and dejection in this world.、And、that's exactly what grace is. Jesus came to save the dejected and desperate people like us, who are powerless against our sins, against our sufferings, against our pain, and He calls us blessed. To you belong the kingdom of God. You will be comforted. You will inherit the earth. You will be satisfied. You will receive mercy. You will see God, and you'll be called sons of God. So let's pray. 
Father, we want to be champions. We want the glories of the world. We want to be our own God. But we can't get there. We are beat down. We are often dejected and humbled. Even when we have achieved everything we wanted, we still feel empty and unsatisfied inside. What can we do? And come meet us in those moments. Remind us that we are blessed. You have come to save us, the least of these, and we will look to you for our blessings. We pray all these in your Son's name. Amen. Our goal of this podcast is to foster community and encourage personal reflection in this challenging season. Reach out to your community group, talk with roommates or spouses, maybe talk to someone when you play tennis. And here's a question to help you do that: What have you seen on TV? Or what experiences have you had that make you feel dejected and hopeless in the world? And if you think this would be helpful to friends or family, please share this with them and encourage them to subscribe. Links to subscribe can be found at newcitycincy.org/social. Find more resources related to Marginalia's daily readings and prayers podcast by following us on Instagram at New City Cincinnati or Facebook at New City Cincy. Thanks for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Take care.